Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. We're now in our series called Journey of the Redeemed. It's a study in the book of Luke, and as we explore the life of Jesus, we also examine our own journeys shaped by him. An article caught my eye this last week by Hannah Sampson, and she was writing for the Washington Post. And the headline had these words, Disney, some fans say the magic is gone. You know, it's about price increases. Because I don't know if you guys have ever had a a vacation to Disney. Anyone here? Vacation into Disney, yes. So it's it can be pricey on its own, but um, I'm going to have Dylan. This is a good excuse for me to put one little photo one little photo, my favorite little photo. Don't tell Kaylin, she's teaching the children. She doesn't know I'm using it. This was 2010. Steve took this photo, and she's four years old. Isn't it so cute? Steve did such a... They need, we always said they need to use this as in their advertising. Um, okay, so that's my little Disney brag. So um, the actual article talks about a family counting up all the costs that it was going to take for them to get to Disney World. They were living in Kentucky, so they were going to drive down so they didn't have flights. There is gas increase, obviously. They were plotting like, okay, we've got two kids, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. The two-year-old doesn't even need a ticket, like still falls under that age. But if they wanted to like, you knew you could do like one park at a time. Disney World has Epcot. It's got Magic Kingdom. It's got the Animal Kingdom and all that. If you want to hop around each day for three days, it was going to cost this family $1,455 just for the tickets. And if they wanted to stay at the hotel that they, on the, on the site, a resort hotel, that would be 200 to $500 a night. So total, they were thinking it's going to take 4000 to $5,000 for this family to go to Disney World. Now, some regular Disney goers have gotten a little bit frustrated lately because some things that used to be free are no longer free. If you want to stay at the resort and you land at the airport, you used to get a magic shuttle. And that was supposed to begin your experience, and they've closed those down. So now you have to figure out a way to get there. And then also, a couple times a day, you were able to get a fast pass. That was free. Anybody who could go, there was like a system set in place where you could reserve some like time to get to the front of the line for special rides. And now, of course, they're charging for that privilege. Uh, Kings Island does that too. But it was just like, this was like the long-standing holdout. Like people, that was still like this fun perk of Disney that now it's being charged. And then finally, uh, one woman the other day, she is like a regular pass member. But so beyond her ticket, just when she like was like, I live in California, I'm going to pop into Disneyland for the day. And she's like, okay, well, to do lunch, dinner, snacks, parking, and like one fast pass for the day, it says that she spent $300. And she already had a, a season pass. So I'm not ripping on Disney because we know everyone's prices are raising. But since it's a popular vacation destination, we just kind of look at one deep dive on the costs here. But even, even things around Cincinnati are going to increase, right? Everything costs. If you want to go to FC Cincinnati games or Reds games, are you going to go to Reds games still? We'll see. Uh, concerts, the symphony. Maybe you just started a new hobby and, and it costs to get new supplies, right? Um, relationships cost money. Going on a date, uh, taking care of your kids, 
visiting parents, having pets. Everything has a cost. Good things have a cost still. And so rising costs, they, it can stress us out. It really can. So we kind of look at our lives and we say, okay, what is worth it, right? You lay it all out and you're like, I still want some joy. I still want to connect to friends. I still want to make family memories. And so you just look at it all and you're like, that one, that one, that one, that's worth the cost, right? That's what we have to do. It's what we have to decide. Every good thing comes with costs. But Jesus today, he's going to be real honest with his followers. He's going to tell them, being with me is going to cost something. We're in our journey of the redeemed series. We have been reading through the whole book of Luke. We're going to get through the whole book together, guys. We're going through every detail of Jesus' life. And we're seeing that he is coming close because you can feel it on the calendar. We're coming close to Easter, right? So we're getting close in our study that Jesus is knowing his death is coming soon. And so his words have gotten more urgent. And if you've noticed the last few weeks, have you felt it? It's felt a little heavy. Jesus is talking about some hard stuff. I know I felt it. Like a few weeks ago, Jesus, he gave critique to the religious leaders and they critiqued him right back. A couple weeks ago, Jesus told some like scary parables and Peter even asked like, Jesus, is this for us or the crowd? And then last week, Jesus said to his fellow Jewish people, if you're not living the way of God's peace, you're going to be like a dying fig tree and and a door is going to be shut in your face. These are hard words. He also said he was going to He wanted to comfort them like a mother hen. So this week, today, it's our final week in in some of the more harder, harder truths here. But Jesus is getting close to his own death. He's not pulling punches, and he's going to say to his followers, there's a cost. So let's dig in. We're going to look at both Luke 14 and Luke 21 today, a bit of each. The words are going to be on screen or, you know, grab your devices or a Bible in the pew. Three ways. Three ways that following Jesus costs something. Luke 14, verse 25 begins this. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to the crowds, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost? See if you have money to complete it? If you lay the foundation and not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether his 10,000 will be able to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, he will send a delegation while the other is a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything cannot be my disciples. Salt is good. But if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's neither fit for the soil nor for the manure pile. It's thrown out. Whoever has ears let them hear. So our first section of scripture here, I would say the cost number one is sacrifice. 
Did you hear those different things that Jesus was asking of them? That's sacrifice. Now let's break down that sacrifice. Number one, we said hate your family. (laughs) Great family biblical values, guys, right? Um, So rather than seeing this as living, like, against people, he's kind of talking about, like, there's a sense of urgency. There are times when you might have to choose. We've seen this in action recently where hard choices have to be made. We've seen this in images from Ukraine where, where people who were not even living in Ukraine, but Ukrainians and other countries like made a sacrifice and chose to leave their safety and their family to go back into Ukraine to, to stand with their people. One example is a Ukrainian pro tennis player named Sergei Stakovsky. He famously defeated Roger Federer at Wimbledon in 2013. He was on vacation at the time that the invasion began. And he says this, I have three kids and a wife. If I would stay home, I would feel guilt that I didn't come back. And now that I'm here, I feel guilt that I left them at home. These are These are hard decisions. And yet, some people might say, well, his decision was obviously just mean to his family, right? People might critique him for that. And and that attitude could probably also contribute to Jesus' perspective to his disciples to say, if you're choosing to follow me, sometimes they were leaving like some traditional ways of caring for family that the Jewish people at that time would have really their expectations for how you care for your household. And if for some of these followers to leave that household and follow Jesus, people might say, you're hating your family because of that. Jesus is like, are you willing to take on that label? Even though you know in your heart what's true. Are you okay to be labeled that way? The other sacrifice, number two, take up your cross. We have talked about this before because Jesus has said this in a previous chapter. We might say like, oh, this is my cross to bear. You know, have you ever heard that phrase? This was literal crosses. Jesus' followers could be outside in their lifetime and look on the streets and see someone on a cross. Because Rome was really big on saying, don't mess with us. Here's what happens. So Jesus was asking them quite truthfully, are you willing to risk your life to follow me? And number three was to give up everything. Jesus said God would provide for them. But were they willing to give that up at any moment? We know some people who put this into action. Our missionary friends from Venezuela, I hope many of you got to meet them last summer when they were here at Echo. Johnny, Zandra, Julia, Sophia, Dai. Venezuela, even before COVID, was falling apart because of political decisions made. Their currency lost its value. They stood in line for just basic bread, food, milk. They couldn't get a hold of certain medicines. People were like mailing them from the U.S. That was before COVID. That since COVID, they've had water and electricity only available on certain days. So when they came here last summer, they ended up getting stuck here in the States even longer than expected because Johnny had visa issues. Johnny is a U.S. citizen. Xander is from Venezuela. So then they were stuck here longer, and we kept, kept thinking, like, well, maybe they'll just choose to stay, right? 
obviously that's tricky to get back. You've got comfort here. You've got security. You've got all the resources you need. And we even asked them one time, like, have you thought about just staying here? And they're like, we have. We keep thinking about it. We keep praying and considering. And they're like, we still feel called to go back to Venezuela. Zandra's family, her siblings, her cousins, people her age are moving out of the country when they find other opportunities. But they feel called to go back and care for the people there. They've given up a lot, right? They've given up things. We can see this heart for Jesus in action. So what struck me in my studies this week, reading this chapter, and I was reading a professor, Richard Benson, and he's like, look, look at these words. Like Jesus kind of says, like, this is what you got to do to be my disciples. That seems like extreme to us. And yet it was kind of like, this is this what's required. It's kind of basics, minimum requirement. Like, that's tough. He, he said, if you're going to preach this, don't water it down. This is here, guys. Like, it's, it's for us to read and consider. And that seems like, okay, well, that's hard. That's hard. But just as we try to grow in our faith in different ways, like, I'm not, I'm not perfect at being always grateful or always not lying or not gossiping. You know, there's all these things that we're working on in our faith. This is a reminder that we also got to work on being willing to give up everything. Being willing to take up a cross. Being willing to be separated from family. Are we living more sacrificially today than we were yesterday? Maybe there's just, there's some small steps we can make it toward that goal. May never be perfect at it. But are we willing to live a bit more sacrificially today than we were yesterday? At the end of those verses, we saw those were the metaphors of like the tower and the war and the salt. Just real quickly, Jesus was just calling out to Israel. Like God, God chose you to flavor the whole world and you're not being it. If you're not salt that's salty, then what are you? He's calling out their identity. And their actions to live out their identity. Days later, Jesus offers some more dire news. In Luke 21, we've gone, he's gone a few more days between this time. But I want us to jump there and see another cost that he brings up to his followers. Luke 21 verse 5 says, Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple, they're in Jerusalem now, how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones, with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will the sign be that they're about to take place? So disciples were looking at the beauty and the grandeur of the temple at the time. It was created by Herod the Great. It was a masterpiece, like even by today's standards. Now, the temple itself sat on a massive base that still exists today. So I want us to look at these photos. I'm going to pop up real quick. So you see here, that is if you were to arrive in Jerusalem, this is what you would see. If you want to zoom in, what I wanted to do was to look from above. So you see this whole platform here? That's where the temple would have been, where the gold dome, where the mosque is right there now. But you see down at the bottom, can you see at the bottom, there's like a wall right? 
that's still the original, original stones that Herod the Great had put in place to build this beautiful temple. Now Steve took this picture because we got to go and stand right next to this beautiful wall, the, the last thing that still existed from the old temple. And some of the stones were like 600 tons, and you think they were like cutting them by hand and, and, and other rudimentary tools. But every one of those stones that were part of the temple, they fell. They were destroyed. Well, that was a frightening piece of news for the disciples. So this is the center, right? We said Jerusalem. Jerusalem is what was the center of all of Israel's identity because you're worshiping there at the temple. You're going there. That's your connection to God, and it's going to be destroyed? What a symbol. They asked, when's this going to happen? Here's what Jesus said. He said, watch out that you are not deceived. Many of you will come in my name. Many will come in my name claiming, I am he. The time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes, famines, pestilence in various places, and great signs from heaven. So Jesus, he isn't super straightforward here because he's like, here's what's not going to happen. Here's what's going to happen that doesn't mean it's time yet. He's like, don't believe anyone that tells you that they know when this is going to happen. Wars, famines. I mean, we can see a real devastation here. He's like, that's going to happen, but it doesn't mean it's time yet. And if anybody tries to use my name and say they know, they don't know. But then he goes, okay, don't be frightened by that. Here's what will happen. Before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison. You will be brought before kings and governors, all on account of my name. And you will bear testimony for me. But make up your mind to not worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. I'll give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, sisters, relatives, friends. They'll put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. So I see our second cost is revealed here, and that's loss. First they had to be willing to sacrifice. Now they had to be willing to experience loss. You heard that, imprisonment, losing your freedom. Betrayed, losing relationships. And he's like, some of you will lose your life. Jesus said, endure, stand firm. When these things happen in our country, he says, Stick with me. You will actually win life in the end. It's interesting today because we, we face our own losses. And sometimes that makes us question, why, God? Like, if we love you, why, why are we losing things and people and freedoms and harm? And it just shows us, like, right here, like, Jesus said it was going to happen. He said, because people are choosing against God's way of peace, and this is the result. We, we all lose. Even for those of us who cling to Jesus. So we're warned. Keep going. 
when you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, he says, you will know that desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out. Let those in the country not enter in. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. A few decades after these words, in A.D. 70, Jerusalem did fall. Rome destroyed the temple. So all of this loss and this devastation, his followers asked for a sign, and he's like, well, when the armies surround the city, it's about time. Like, okay, thank you. It just feels heavy because that's why Jesus kept calling for, calling for his people to say, look, let's, let's live God's way of peace. Let's, let's stick together. Losses are going to come. Hold on to me. Well, they had also asked about the end of time. So let's, let's look at this next section of verses as Jesus describes like, what it's going to be like before he returns. He said, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what's coming on in the world. The heavenly bodies will be shaken. And at that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Now just pause right there. How often, since Jesus died, rose, went back to heaven, how often has nation been in, against nation, and anguish, and terror? How often have things gone on in the natural world that seem ominous? You can imagine that's why people think that they know when Jesus is coming back, right? Have you heard people like, oh, he's going to come back in like 2012? That didn't happen. He's going to come back here and there. And people, because it's like, well, this feels like the end, doesn't it? It couldn't get worse than this. And yet, world wars have happened. And he still hasn't come back yet. Let's keep reading. He told him this parable. Look at the fig tree and all of the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, just know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down, carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. That day will close on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come on all those who live on the face of the earth. Be on the watch. Pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and be able to stand before the Son of Man. Every day Jesus was teaching in the temple. Each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives. And the people came to hear him at the temple. So Jesus says, again, the signs are so general that we've seen them come and go, right, over the years. And he's like, when it's time, I will appear and then you'll know. Okay, great. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. 
So is this a joke? Is it satire? What's going on? And I think this brings up the last cost that Jesus' followers and we have to face, and that's uncertainty. We just don't know the details. We don't have that privilege. You know? It's like when your parents say, I'll tell you when you're older, right? Like, we, I need to know now. I want to know all the things. I want to know it all. And we have to live with the fact that we don't know it all. There's uncertainty in our faith. We can say that we hope for redemption, that Jesus is going to redeem our bodies. He's going to redeem our souls. He's going to redeem time and space and everything. We just don't know when. So we're supposed to just be ready all the time. We're supposed to just still live out his values and still share his love with as many people as possible while we still live in time. We're supposed to, he says, he warns, like, don't get apathetic. Don't become callous. Don't, don't get so involved in self-indulgent behavior. He's like, just, just be ready. Just be ready. So, yeah, we're uncertain, and that's a cost we have to hold on to. It's not comfortable. Is any of it sacrifice, loss, uncertainty? But that's the cost. Jesus has laid it out here for us. And I think we face similar costs today, just as he told his followers back then. And ours might look, it might look a little different and nuanced. The details might be different, but the categories are still the same. I'm sure you have faced times when you've had to make sacrifices. Because you're living out your faith. Because you say you're a believer in Jesus. Because it doesn't always look the same as the person next to you. That's okay. There's different ways that God's going to challenge you. Your sacrifice, your loss, it's not going to look the same as mine or each other's. And you know what? Maybe at some point, we're probably all going to ask, is this worth it? Is Jesus worth the cost? I think we're all going to have to figure out our feelings on that subject. Maybe you've eagerly thought, yes, yes, this cost is worth it at some point, and then, then things happen. There's another loss. There's another bit of uncertainty, and the world shifted, and now, now it doesn't feel, now, now it feels weird. Now it feels uncertain, and then you're not sure how you answer right now. That's okay to admit. And others of you have, you've been through the worst, and you've survived. And you know it's, it's not going to be perfect here on out, but you're, you've already figured it out. You've sat down and you've counted and you've said, yes, this cost to follow Jesus, to still stay as a believer, it's worth it. No matter where you are on that, I hope you're honest about it, but I hope you know that that's why it's important to be together. That's why it's important to live as the family of believers because we can give each other strength. You know, when, when you're feeling weak, you can lean on someone else to say, I'm not sure how I am right now. Let's just stick together and say, all right, it's okay. I'm not going to leave you. Let's, let's keep walking. When you feel strong, you can, you can give that strength to someone else to say, yes, look, let me, let me remind you about the cost and, and all the joy that comes to. Sometimes it, sometimes it can ring a little false when we don't admit that there's hard times, like Jesus was super honest here. He was like, 
Remember all the joys that we've had so far? Look at all, remember the miracles that have happened and the healings? Just want to know, you know that there's a cost too. And so I just, we want to be honest here. I don't think it, I don't think it helps anybody to not reveal that, that there's a cost as well as blessings to follow Jesus. So the truth is, how do we live as the redeemed people of Jesus? We, we have to realize it costs something. That when we say yes to following him, something is expected of us. Sacrifice is required. Loss will happen. Uncertainty, you'll have to sit in that some. But let's just, let's just remember also that Jesus doesn't leave us to deal with the cost alone. He stands beside us for strength. He weeps when we lose people and things. And he gives us one another. And I hope, I hope that just like, just like when we're planning those good things in life and we figure out what's worth the cost, I hope that we can come together and lay it out honestly and say, Jesus is worth the cost. I believe he is, and, I, and I, that's my prayer for all of us. Let's go, to, let's go to God in prayer together right now and just, God, thank you for being honest with us, letting us know what's required of us to follow you. We're not going to be perfect at it, but we thank you for the opportunity to try again today and try again tomorrow and the next day. As long as you give us time, help us. Thank you for being with us so we don't have to do it alone. Help us to live out your peace and your love and your redemption for another day. You are worth it. And we come before you now and thank you for, for paying the cost for us. May we live in return. Amen. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.